Hey there, welcome back to another delicious episode of Sideshow Frasier. This week we're covering November 4th, 1993. Uh, so we've made it to November, turkey season. Uh, and this is our Frasier episode on Beloved Infidel. I believe this is episode 8 of season 1. And then a very special sideshow. This is going to be Seinfeld, the non-fat yogurt. If this is your first time tuning in to Sideshow Frasier, it's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and this uh, guy I'm looking at uh, across the room here, Jordan Wilson. Oh, he's waving like Gump. Look at that. <laughs> and he's got the Gump wave going already. Hey, I got a question. What do you think would happen, or like maybe this isn't a question, just don't, it, wouldn't it be weird if giraffes had like big ass antlers, like big old like moose antlers? You know, I'm getting a lot of complaints about you and your antler talk, like off air, on air. People, I, people are calling or people are exactly, emailing call, you? Calling in. No, no, no. Yeah, they're sending it into the P.O. box that we dropped that one time uh, at the end of an episode. Wait, you guys don't episode. like my little quips? Uh, but yeah, I think if giraffes had antlers, it would they would just only increase their height and it wouldn't be like real height, which is unfortunate. It's like when somebody counts their big hair yeah. as part of their height on their driver's license. And you're like, that's not fair. You think it would like buff up their necks? Like they'd have like big old buff necks. I don't know that the necks would be, well, I mean, they'd probably have to be evolution wise yeah, like over, I mean. over time. It would buff them up. So yeah, they would be pretty jacked in the neck region. I don't know what those muscles are called back there. They'd had that like neck machine in yeah. the gym yeah. growing up, uh, you know, in like junior high. Uh-huh. You'd like put the weights on the side and you're just like <laughs> pump up your neck. Ah! I remember seeing dudes do that <laughs> yeah, in the, in like, the locker what? room. I'd be like, damn. It's <laughs> like, what a weird thing to do. That guy's got 120 pounds on that thing. <laughs> Strongest neck. <laughs> I, I think it's just so you can survive a car crash. Like, I don't know yeah. what the point of that particular machine is, but like that buff neck. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. So today we're talking about beloved infidel. Uh, November here to me, it's probably when I enjoy sitcoms the most. Uh, you Why? know, I, I don't know. It seems like you spend more time inside after Halloween than you do before it around here. It's just so hot in Texas. So by November, you can go outside a little bit more, but it gets dark like kind of a little bit earlier. Really? So yeah. I just feel like the Halloween episodes always hook me in, and it's like, all right, we're settling sit- down. It's November. It's sitcom season. Sit there with a good bowl of uh, chili and and. Or some stew. I love chili. I yeah, love you know, chili too. Man, I I wonder if Fraser liked chili. Chili does not seem like a cuisine that Fraser would take on. <laughs> He'd probably be, probably kind of snub his nose. Oh, at Frito some chili. pie. That's a big oh. thing down here in Texas. I don't know that other countries or other people. We've got some listeners from the UK. I don't know that they have a Frito Frito pie, pie over are, in, in are the UK? Fritos exported. To the UK? Oh, guaranteed. They got Fritos in the UK. They've got, they have Fritos in the UK. Steve. I know they've probably got Lay's as part of the Frito Lay Corporation, but the like the genuine Frito, Frito. What about Scoops? Do you think they got Scoops? I don't know. We should. Hey, if you guys are out there, uh, let us know if you guys have Scoops and if you have the, the Totino's Bowls. Send us a DM at uh, Sideshow Frazier on Instagram, Twitter, or find me uh, at Strip Mall Steve. Jordan's at Junko Keys, I think yeah. you can find him. I don't know that he uh, advertises his Junko Keys. I do not. Much. I, I don't. I don't use the gram or any of those things. I, I look at Facebook as just a, like a birthday checker and like a memories checker for me. And oh, uh, that's sweet. Yeah, 
Uh, and, and but I, I have realized that eventually, because of the fact that I don't really post anything, my memories are going to run out. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, me in my real life. So then Facebook will be just obsolete, and I'll be like, "Well, damn it! Now I'm out of memories, and <laughs> I've reached that ten year or whatever mark, and it's it's all it's now it's nothing." That's definitely some meta talk right there. <laughs> Do the memories even exist if you didn't document them? That's very yeah, and then your memory is erased because that can happen. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah, I've seen enough sitcoms where amnesia is a whole storyline. <laughs> so like, do the memories even really exist if only you remembered them? No. Oh, man, that's tough. Mm. Some heavy stuff here. So this episode, 27.1 million viewers for Beloved Infidel. That is the highest viewer count since episode one. So they did get the lovely Seinfeld lead in. So I think a lot of the viewer bump might be people really catching on in season five to Seinfeld because it's the biggest show in America. If Frazier's getting good word of mouth after that in good press, people are like, all right, I'll stick around after Frazier. Let's or sorry, stick around after Seinfeld. Wait, so their slot was right after a brand new Seinfeld? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it had been after Seinfeld since the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. And so they had their highest viewer count on episode one, The Good Son. Yeah. And then it had kind of slid down until last week where it jumped back up again. So I forget what Seinfeld episode was the lead in, but our sideshow here, the non-fat yogurt, was its lead in today. Huh. But this is sideshow Frazier. So Frazier gets top billing here, people. <laughs> Step aside, Jerry. Right. So on this episode, after accidentally seeing Martin having an emotional meeting with an old family friend at a restaurant, Frazier and Niles begin to wonder whether Martin had an affair while married. You say that very diplomatically. They begin to wonder. No, they uh, they make accusations pretty quickly. I mean, technically they don't. We'll get to that. Daphne's the one who spills the beans. They never accuse the old man of anything. It's Daphne oh, who's okay. like, they're just kind of mentioning it and kind of kicking it around. And they're like, nah, we can't ma- mention it to the old man. And then he walks in and Daphne just spills the beans <laughs> real quick. <laughs> So on this episode, we'll start at the top here. Another one that starts at KACL Studios. Uh, This one I found some contention online about, too, where Fraser can't understand, I believe, a French accent with a lisp is what most people came to, that it is the word monsieur, monsieur. but this woman had a lisp. So on the captions that I watched, Uh it is written as M-O-N-T-H-I-E-R. Which is not Monsieur. Right. So the or Monsieur. So I believe what they're trying to make you believe is that this woman had a lisp and maybe that's why he couldn't understand Just the French word. Compounds him understanding it more. Yeah, because he has to know French. He's made plenty of French puns even already with like Lafitte don't fail me well, now. Well, he speaks and I, French. Yeah, Both him uh, and Niall speak French. Exactly. I was like, so I think he understands French. It was just this woman had a weird French accent <laughs> or was saying the word oddly to where he couldn't understand it from the context i guess i don't know i thought she was saying nephew yeah i did i did see a lot of nephew with people were like are you sure it's not nephew with the accent so some some heavy debate out there online but no spelled on the captions m-o-n-t-h-i-e-r okay yeah look at that look at that i who knows man who knows we'll have to get we'll have to reach out to the writer figure it out mystery it is a mystery uh so Frazier gets off the air, starts razzing Ross about her dating life again. I won't go into the series of jokes here, but there's a lot of just like Seattle puns, I feel like, yeah. about like new age, not new age, but like grunge types or whatever in the early 90s. Mm. 
Uh, Niles walks in, does the same bit. <laughs> Do you like this bit? Are you getting tired he, of the... It's not that he didn't recognize her because he, it's that he didn't know she worked there. So it's he knew because she, like, she was like, I'm Roz. And he was like, yeah, of course. Like he he... He gave the, hey, I know you now, finally. But he was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so that, it's like he still forgot who she was. Okay, that is an odd uh, bend of the bend of the joke there. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, it's a good new wrinkle. It, you're right. It's like in The Simpsons, I think they're like three to five seasons in, and they're still doing the Mr. Burns, like, who are you again? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, oh, uh, that's Homer from Sector 7G or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, Smithers has to tell him. So we're at episode eight here and they're still going strong on it but you're right it has kind of escalated where he recognized her he just doesn't know why she's there <laughs> for some no reason what she does <laughs> but she takes off pretty quick uh takes off for her date uh, niles they go into the actual uh radio uh you know recording area mm-hmm. there and uh, they tells frazier their lectures canceled so i guess frazier was going to niles's lecture on something niles was going to give the lecture yeah, and mm. he talks about how he had cut it down from three hours to two and a half, and he had some <laughs> jokes in there and stuff like that, but God, what a terrible night. Do you, uh, so in the line of work I do and that you you and I do, yeah. it's oddly corporate, so yes, I do get to do some radio stuff occasionally, but I've like flown across the country and had to just sit in conference rooms and listen to lectures all day. It is so crushing, man. It's one of the worst things on earth. I'm like, there's no pyro. There's no acting. <laughs> like, I flew all the way out here for a, this. There'd be a water feature. Yeah, something, right? <laughs> I'm, and, like, and the lunch is always terrible. And there, you know, there's usually an expo area where there's vendor booths, so you can walk around and pick up your dumb little swag from like automotive vendors or software vendors like, or whatever. I'm not putting this bumper sticker on my car. I know. It's always the worst shirts with their company logo on it, but you have to go for the freaking lectures. Yeah. They're so boring. Ugh, seminars. Do you go to a lot of lectures, Joe? No. <laughs> I call um, you Joe. That's all right. I'll take it. I get, you know, as as a J name, I don't know what it is about people's names that start with J, but people call me by all sorts of names. Jordan, J, they'll be like, Jeremy. And I'm like, huh? Like, I'll just, I just answer to it as if it starts with a J, you're close. So Joe's acceptable. Jedediah. Jedediah, I'll take that. Hey, anybody checking on the Amish? We just got to make sure the Amish are cool. I think they're fine, man. I think they're, they're well ahead of us. Actually, that's like, probably a good point. When all of our cell phones crash, they're like, yeah. We're good. Told man. you so. We can churn butter. Told we're, you so. We're in good shape. You know the Amish got into the weed bit business, right? How could they not? They're farmers. That's got to be the best. I see. I buy Amish butter, or at least it's advertised as Amish butter. Can the Amish advertise? Don't know. Maybe they outsource it through a Mennonite. Who's <laughs> <laughs> their marketing agency? <laughs> they go. They go. So Amish are allowed to to do business with the Mennonites. Okay. And man, then the Mennonites are allowed to do business with the English. So maybe they just outsource it. Mennonites. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, so uh, not, <laughs> Fraser isn't the, disappointed that they are missing out on the three-hour meeting. And it basically just sets up that, hey, we've got a free night and we can go to a restaurant. And the joke kind of to get out of the scene is that Niles is required to pay because it's his turn. So he doesn't want to go anywhere fancy, which is a very good setup for the next scene, actually. Sure. It's a very smart way to do it. So next scene, did you catch the name on the restaurant? Uh, It started with an A, didn't it? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, n- now remind me. Anya's. So I think we've got Anya's. Antonio's, Le Cigar Valon, Anya's, and the Timber Mill for sure that I know about for restaurants. That there might be to. more. But yeah, I think that's where they've visited. Maybe they haven't. We haven't seen them at Le Cigar Volant, but I think they've mentioned it a few times. They have. So it's clearly in the universe. Right. Where we know about it. So Anya's. Anya's. And they get there. Uh, <laughs> Frazier's drink order is a fuzzy navel. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> really mixes it up. I thought we had seen him order alcohol before. My memory is as fuzzy as this navel that he orders. But <laughs> have, I know we've seen him order coffee a bunch. Didn't we see him order alcohol out once at the timber mill? Did he order alcohol anytime? Uh... I don't recall. I don't recall him ordering something. I think. I think. Yeah, because it was like, like they had a cocktail or something. I it was either a remember. cocktail or he asked about the wine selection or something. Maybe interesting. I, I mean, I, well, we know he drank the like fake Loire Valley thing uh-huh. at the art gallery or whatever when the dude put the wine <laughs> in. But he, he didn't order that. Uh, that was forced upon him in our previous episode. Fuzzy Navel does seem like a silly choice. Yeah, I was like, I didn't. I was like, okay, does is he ever it, order a fuzzy navel? Fuzzy navel, that's like he, what, grapefruit juice and vodka or something? I think so. Is it always like blended with ice or is it like an on the rocks kind of drink I that you know. can get? I I'm thought it was a like drinker, a mixed, but, like kind of not smoothie, but you know, like, like a blended an, like beverage. Like an icy beverage. Yeah, exactly. Like a daiquiri kind of. Right. That's what I thought it was, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you can tell Jordan and I clearly go hard. We hit, <laughs> we hit the bar scene a lot. Always hitting the here. sauce. Yeah, you have two kids and you really start going hard, man. <laughs> um, so they spot their old man with a woman uh, and they reveal uh, Martin said he was going out for beers with the boys. So he's covering up something. He's covering his right. tracks. Marty must do a lot of beers with the boys, I feel like. So who drives him to beers with the boys? Again, Does he just take cabs? No, I think, uh, I think uh, Duke picks Duke's, him up. I think Dukes is close. Okay, Dukes is right. within walking distance of of the building. Sorry, Dukes not a, is Duke still a person that could come pick him up, or is it just the name of the establishment? Duke is an actual man. Okay, yeah, but because he meets his daughter, so oh, right, Duke, right, Duke's right, an actual right. guy. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, they. <laughs> I just think it's funny. I'm like, it's weird. Not weird that he's going out all the time, but he's a guy with a bad hip. So like, how's he gonna, how's he gonna yeah, have like a gun make, car? Yeah, it's like they gotta make sure he's okay if he's going out and drinking and just stuff like that. Takes, like, what if he falls over? Like the bus. Yeah, it's like they couldn't trust him to take a shower alone, but he's going out drinking quite a bit. <laughs> Who picked him up for this thing? Did uh, old Mrs. Lawler drive him to Anya's? Or yeah, did he hit a bus? I think yeah, it's like to say he took took a bus. Okay. I mean, a bus or a Let's cab. Let's go with bus. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. Bus or cab. I could see Marty riding on the bus. Marty hits the bus. That's what we're going with here. <laughs> uh, so he's holding hands with this woman, Jordan. It's very uh, very mm. intimate. Holding hands at dinner is a weird vibe. It is like, a weird across vibe. the yeah. table. <laughs> like I didn't wait a lot of tables in my life, but. Is that something common? Like, I only feel like I see it in TV shows or like movies. Like, I don't think that I've ever been out at a Chili's and seen two people like holding hands across the table now, over some baby backs. I've seen, I don't know that I've seen like, you know, movie TV show style, like holding across the table like that because that is cliche. But I've definitely seen some people like straight making out uh, like at dinner before. <laughs> it's, I think it might have been at a Chili's. Oh, man. Or maybe it was a super salad. <laughs> gosh, I love super salads. I so fucking much. miss super salad. dude. Oh, gosh. Uh, so 
was this chilliest experience like after a prom like where were the because i could see that like people making out or were they in their early 20s was this on the tv show cheaters it, it's it was actually it felt that very cheaters vibe i thought joey greco might walk in uh at I'm, some point you know i'm a tommy grand i man. know you are that's why i had to say it freaking joey greco <laughs> he took a knife and then he took all the shine off tommy grand our listeners this is like the most niche thing our listeners have no fucking clue what, what we're talking, talking about? about cheaters is a international sensation <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure if you've never watched the tv show cheaters it's a terrible waste of your time look it up on youtube because i guarantee you you'll know what we're talking about it's it's the best bad art ever hey, it's a great tie-in to this beloved infidel episode the cheaters the i people, didn't even realize the people we that segment. i saw were clearly intoxicated, overserved, and they were in like their 50s. So they were like oldie, you know, like shouldn't should know better than to public and they I'm mean, I'm talking like hardcore like making out. <laughs> and I remember just looking over and being like, "Oh my." <laughs> Good lord. Now I just have so many questions about chilies in other countries mm-hmm. that I should look up. The El Presidente Margarita do they call it like the King Margarita over in the UK or something <laughs> like that? Like, or the Prime Minister Margarita? Because that does it, sound pretty cool. They call it uh, My Liege. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a good name for it, actually. Let me get one My Liege. Yeah, so give me My Liege. That sounds classy. <laughs> Way classier classy. than the like overserved people that you're talking about. Man, that that's an american like institution people making out at a chili's <laughs> that are overserved and it was in the bar area so it was oh, like yeah. you know how they have the booths in the bar he's got that queso up there yeah. oh yeah. i noticed there was like seven or eight like just dead glasses so they they had they had down some of those big ass drinks that they give you old chilies gosh god bless chilies mm. thank you chilies thank you chilies so uh, <laughs> niles does realize that if Martin's eating there. It can't be that great of a restaurant. So I think it hits right where he wanted it to on price point. He's like, perfect. This is going to be outstanding. Yeah, since he uh, has to pay for it. Then the woman starts crying. Oh, my gosh. So they see a mystery woman start crying. They assume it's a first date. And mm-hmm. Frazier makes a little quip that that's a pretty standard uh, crane man first date or something <laughs> like that. Pretty good. With the female crying. Yeah. But then they recognize the woman. Hey, it's this Mrs. Lawler woman, and they shared a cabin with her family years ago. You spend much time in cabins? Uh, I hate cabins. Surprisingly, yes. I was going to say, I I feel like you did spend time in cabins. Oh, lots of time in cabins. And they're not cabins like you would think, like where it's just, you know, barren. It's like an ice fishing cabin or some shit. These are like, you know, swank jank cabins. There's no ice fishing in Texas ever, right? Well, you just got to dream. Believe it. So what kind of cabins were you in? Like Jason horror movie? These aren't in these are these would be in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which is a lovely, lovely vacation spot. Uh, and we go up there and there's a little lake. It, it feels like a little mini Switzerland or something, because there's like a l- beautiful lake and like this little mountain. And uh, yeah, we rent these cabins. They're baller, dude. I mean, they're not again, they're not your standard cabins. There is uh, there is a petting zoo there though, too, on site. So that's cool. What's better, Mini Swiss or that band Mini Kiss? Mini Kiss. Oh, gosh. They were so good, man. They no knew brainer. all the tunes. Yeah, dude. no brainer. Oh, gosh. And they dressed up. Like, that makeup's just incredible. I tried Kiss. to watch that Kiss. There's a Kiss documentary series that just came out. I tried to watch it, and it was, uh, it's just a, too much information. Yeah. You'll find that on this podcast as well, too. There's not going to be too much information because 
I don't want to do too much research for this. I'm going to be honest. This is like a rewatch as if I was eight years old, but somehow am now 37, 38. So I was eight and 93. We'll just see how this rides out here. So <laughs> we won't try to give you too much information about the show. I think there's like 20 <laughs> other podcasts that do that really great. Oh, yeah. You want a deep dive. There's other sources for that. Yeah, exactly. This is all pure waste of time here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he reveals, yeah, they shared a cabin together. All cool. They go back to Frazier's apartment, not Niles and Frazier. We just open on the next scene in Frazier's apartment. And we see Eddie writhing around on the couch. Yeah. And so it's the start of this gag in this episode. It's a really great gag. It's a good gag. Daphne comes in. She's not pleased. Eddie starts right back up again after Daphne pulls him down. He jumps back up there doing the same thing. So my favorite thing to watch when Eddie's doing all of his stuff is how he looks at the trainer off screen. That's like my favorite thing to do is to watch him watch the, the obvious trainer that's standing there. It is good. I love it. But this is where he's probably at his best when he's acting like a doll. Yeah. Because like this is where you're like, yes, that is a real life situation that I think all of us go through with our dog. Like, will you just stay off the couch or at least not get <laughs> your hair on the couch or something? Or like, even if you're allowed on the couch, don't stand on that part of the couch right. or something, you know, not on the back of it. Sure. So I think this gag worked very, very well throughout the episode for sure yeah. in terms of the dog writhing. I agree. Um, <laughs> so Frazier walks in. Eddie's a perfect gentleman sitting on the floor, like he's supposed to. He does a great job there. Uh, I think Frazier tries to pet him. Have we ever seen Frazier make physical contact before? No, and he even gave him a compliment. He was a like, good dog and pets him on the head, give him the head pat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't a pet, it was like a tiny head pat. Yeah. That's all he could really muster from him there. It was good body language, though. You could tell he was on very uncomfortable even getting he, near him. Exactly. It was very well acted because I'm sure the dog was like, hey, man, I don't want you touching me anyway. So <laughs> I get that you're putting off this weird vibe. I'm into it because I don't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that dog didn't like Frazier. You mean Frazier or Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer. Sorry, that's it. I think he like didn't him. like Kelsey Grammer. No, no, maybe you're right. He liked Kelsey off screen, but didn't like Frazier. Didn't like when he, when he bust into Frazier's character. Might be true. <laughs> so one thing that happens here is Daphne asks Frazier if he's ever considered growing a mustache. Yeah, which was super random. I, I got to ask you the same question. You go down this road? I have gone down this road. So, oh, um, yeah. So, I have what I'm told by my dad is a significant amount of Native American blood in me. Here comes lies again. And I know it. I, I have a real difficult time growing any kind of body hair. Always have, always will. I'm bald as an egg most places. And it's in my face, whenever I grow out any, you saw me not, not too long ago last year during COVID, I tried to grow out a COVID goatee and it just looked like I, you know, had chocolate on my face or like fell in some dirt and, uh, just does not look good. Won't grow in thick, won't go, you know, won't very splotchy. So, um, yeah, not, a, I can't do a mustache. I think if I did a mustache, I would probably go with like full on Burt Reynolds, like full seventies Burt Reynolds stash. Are you happy with yourself? Do you like all those lies that you just told? Because <laughs> I did see you a year ago, and that's the reason you're not on Instagram. Jordan is like Robin Williams level coverage of hair, and he's actually addicted to waxing. So he's not lying about what he looks like in his current state. He is bald as an egg, no body hair. That's because he got waxed before he came over here. He's going to get waxed right after he leaves here. 
addicted to waxing. I don't know why you got to out me like this, man. I mean, I think there's a whole community of people that are addicted to waxing, and if it feels good, just you know, open up, man. It's my right. my my wax guy did tell me that I'm putting his kids through college, so. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm doing about. good. Exactly. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Don't be ashamed of that. Like, the economy has to function somehow. Yeah. Waxers need to work. I'm kind of sensitive about it, though, so I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. All good. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so, Niles arrives, and apparently he had to rent a car. We did skip over that, that Niles was very worried about where they parked at Anya's there. He kind of kept mentioning that. He needed to go buy something from the shop across the way. He's like, let me go buy some, you know, candles or some soaps or something like that. It was a good little side thing that Niles was worried about. And then Frazier, that's why he didn't order a drink, basically, which also seems odd. Sorry, I don't want to go back a whole scene. Niles didn't order a drink. I'm driving. Yeah, very odd. Uh, Okay. Not for like what you should do as a safe, responsible driver, but I'm pretty sure we've seen Frazier and Niles drink at Frazier's home. Like and a bottle, Ni- at least yeah, a bottle Niles of sherry. Probably yeah. drives home or something like we would. It is implied that L- Niles doesn't call a cab or like we never see him do that. Well, they're in a wine club. You'd yeah, think that like, they would be able to handle their alcohol, which, by the right, way, another tangent. Go. I saw a video of a sommelier contest. You ever seen those? I have. Yeah, sure. Have you ever watched the documentary Psalm? No, but I need to. Incredible! What course. a cool art form. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not a, a wine guy, but like, it blows my mind that there are people on this earth that can tell mm-hmm. just by tasting and yes. smelling something where it was grown, when it was grown, yeah. what side of a hill the shit was on, mm-hmm. and like, that's incredible to you me. Start with old world or new world, so you it's, want to identify immediately. Is it from Europe or is it? grown in america basically and yeah there's a whole world watch the i'm pretty sure the documentary psalm is still on netflix and it's about it's, like the it's competitions about the, it's about the training to become a psalm wow. so it's like a group of dudes who are all training for it together and so it's like them going through the training where you're just testing and trying and like getting stuff wrong massively because you're like this is old world grown in you know the rhone region from the mid 1950s vintages and somebody be like no that's a california 2019 <laughs> behringer and you're like god dang it like this is an eight dollar wine you're like that's I a just, 2023 <laughs> franzia box exactly. like they'll screw with you every now and then and then sometimes people really go in and they're trying to taste it and they're like well, this is box shit like don't give me this you know, so it's, it's you know it's Crazy. like a group of dudes like coming up and doing it and I, I i'd imagine there's women in there as well it's probably been six or so years since i've watched that documentary that kind of stuff that kind of stuff's always so cool because like i don't i don't know that i have a very good palate no so you know what i mean so like i see like on top chef and like uh that kind of thing where uh-huh. they have to do the tasting t- things mm-hmm. like blindfolded and be able to tell what shit is i would just die at that but Man, that's so cool that people I, can do that. I think, yeah, I could not do any of it. I agree with you. I think my taste buds and nose buds are all just burnt to a crisp from, yeah. you know, just years of huffing. Just, exactly. Huffing and puffing. <laughs> there's, a, there's a magic dragon out there. You know his name. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, anyway. Pete. So, not exactly. His name's Petey. Uh, Niles uh, was ruminating about what caused this rift between the family. So he went and dug through his journals the last uh, over the last couple days here or last night, and (laughs) he said, "Man, you know, my I remember mom and dad having fights for weeks, and uh, 
is they reveal some very eloquent but not tight enough writing where Niles repeats the word vapid and vacuous in one sentence and they call it redundant. Yes, (laughs) so they love those jokes about how gifted they were as children but also how crumbly they look upon it now they're so critical of themselves when they were eight <laughs> it's very odd <laughs> that anyway, was a good bit i liked that one. like what what weird eight-year-olds i mean again educated eight-year-olds yeah. and i mean nothing wrong with it at all but those are some well-spoken and well-written eight-year-olds for I, sure i would imagine that most most people that get into oxford can relate to that you know uh, that's probably true that's why that's why i didn't get in man i tried yeah, they, you were just... Uh, <clears throat> I, was, I was too good for them. Yeah, you weren't... That's what I tell myself. You weren't their cup of tea. It's okay. I don't have to be everyone's cup of tea. I don't have to be. <laughs> uh, so he wrote in his journal, though, that while his parents were fighting, that one night he saw Marty and Mrs. Lawler in an embrace. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so at this point, I would start making assumptions myself. I'd be like, well, obviously, they had some sort of a relationship that they are now rekindling. Personally, I mean, I if suppose, they set it up that but, way. But they're also old, but potentially, you're right. Like, if you're going to take an eight year old journal's words for something, is like, okay. It was well documented. Well documented, I suppose so. It was also <laughs> what an eight year old saw one time. Did you ever keep a journal? Oh, gosh. Not anything for more than like a day or two. You just sure. write shit down. And- yeah, I, exactly. Like, I just jot down notes and I mean, you know, it's just like lyrics or random so, crap. Like, so I write a ton of crap. My wife, not in a my wife format. kept a journal. Oh, man. Uh, and I read it. Uh, she showed it to me and it was like, it's like a diary. And there's a couple entries about you in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm a bad guy. Well, I don't think it was. She, she at first it was like, oh my god, because my uh, just so our listeners are, are clear. Steve and my wife dated uh, briefly. They, that's <laughs> absolutely true. You can't date if you don't go anywhere in like fifth grade. It was or fifth, something. It was like fifth <laughs> grade. So they were they were boyfriend like, girlfriend no. for like three days in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. First day, great. My wife loved it. She was like, oh my god, oh my god, he's amazing. And then the second day, she was like, what? Something's weird. And then the third day, she was like, Steve's terrible. I hate him. And so it's just that was really funny to reminisce and mm-hmm. to see that <laughs> pretty much the dentist system that i was running back you know in fifth grade pretty much they didn't have a name for it back then but it was pretty much that uh, if you've never watched uh, always sunny in philadelphia yeah. if you're a fan of golden girls you might not like it but if you're a fan of more modern stuff check out the uh, the dentist system episode for my reference there I think that's what I was pretty much running through like fifth through ninth grade. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so you're right. You would make assumptions if you saw your folks just meeting up with anybody. Yeah. But my assumption would also be like my dad was also talking to some telescope lady like two episodes ago sure. or something like that. Like, I guess he just talks to a lot of women. Like Marty's got game, man. Th- I guess that's what I'd be like. Okay. Like may I mean. I don't know why they had a falling out. My family has falling outs with people all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> so I don't poke and prod. Lord knows. Uh, so then, then this is the weird one where Niall shows a photo album with a woman cut out, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's a clue to go off of, but 
maybe that's what fit in the photo album. Like, I guess I didn't understand it. Like, was it just like half photos, like I mean, in full photo sheet? One would think it was like, I, it I think printed it, to be a half photo or something. I don't know. Honestly, they didn't show it, about. but uh, like, I just, I envisioned that like the outline of a person was cut out of a photograph. Okay. And so the whole photo was still there. Right. <laughs> but so you just cut out like the body of like whoever's, whoever it is, you know? And so uh, I guess, but again, still like a weird, like if, if Marty had cut all those images out, it's a, it would be such a weird thing to just keep them in a photo album and be like, nobody will ever know. <laughs> like, right. That's what I was like, okay, I don't know what got cut out and why, or like why it looked so off and they put it in a photo album. Like that's like, why keep the photos in a photo album then if they're like required somebody to be cut out of them or something. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Uh, so uh, apparently... They don't want to confront their old man about this. Daphne's come back into the room and they kind of start talking about it. it says, hey, you know, we think this uh, this woman that we saw our old man with last night, they might have been having an affair. Right. It was a family friend. We were all together at this cabin. My parents were fighting a lot, but he doesn't seem like the type. We don't want to confront him, basically. Sure. What they want to do is get some confirmation by calling their Aunt Vivian. Mm-hmm. And Aunt Vivian, isn't that the name of the Fresh Prince? Of Bel Air uh-huh. and, and Viv, yeah, I was like, Viv. I was like, wasn't that on the air at the same time by now? Shouldn't somebody have known this? Fresh like, Prince. I think it's on our list for later this season. Oh hell yeah! I yeah, I was like, Prince. I think Fresh Prince is well and going by ninety three. I think that's like a ninety one show. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so wh- what's with the Aunt Vivian thing in here? I was like, well, that's an odd character name to choose. I was like, pretty sure that's an established character on. The NBC network. Right. Uh, like, like, they could have been like, it's Aunt Barbara. Or like, yeah, it's like, what know. a weird thing to put in my brain right now, but all right. <laughs> like, okay. So, anyway, huh. Aunt Viv is what I'm going to call her here. <laughs> so, the boys, like we mentioned at the top of the episode, they don't ever confront their old man about it. They are really just kind of speculating and discussing it amongst themselves with Daphne. Sure. And then Marty walks in, and Daphne's the one who's like, ah, you boys, yeah. That's my Daphne. <laughs> it's like a New York cab driver. <laughs> hey, uh, you boys here, they uh, they want to, uh, they think you're having an affair with this uh, lady you saw last night here. <laughs> and so Martin's like, what? What are you talking about? And Niles throws Frazier under the bus. He's like, well, Frazier spotted you last night at dinner uh, with this woman. <laughs> Which but, is, but not me. I was yeah, exactly. A good little gag. That's <laughs> what brothers are going to do for sure. So sure. like, I don't want to get in trouble, but put it on the older brother. He's older. He could take the heat. <laughs> he could take it on this one. Um, and Marty pushes back on the notion initially, but again, he knows the name Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. He's also a fresh Prince of Bel Air watcher. Definitely. And knows, don't you dare call Aunt Viv because she knows everything here. And he dismisses Daphne. He says, Daphne, uh, could you get out? She's not happy. She says she doesn't get to hear any of the good stuff. Yeah. Basically, she does walk off and like like steaming and mumbling under her breath. Well, I'm like, I guess, but I don't know that we've established that she's like she goes through their stuff like all the time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> pretty sure that's like a whole like runner throughout the series where it's like, yeah, I know where you hide this. I know where this is. Yeah. I'm like, so she knows where the the secrets are, even though she doesn't get to hear a bunch of stuff yet. She'll <laughs> she'll get there. Oh, uh, so and it also all due respect, it was just a family matter. It was like you know just a kind of a, an, a, a, a so 
But it's going to get back to her. Clearly, they were just talking to her about it like five minutes ago. I guess so. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I guess he just wanted to be stern with his kids. So that's pretty much what happens here. He says, <laughs> you know, I had an affair and, you know, it's nothing I'm proud of. And he tells his boys, just don't bring it up again. It's the last we speak of it. End of discussion. Right. Real dad voice. He, yeah. go, he goes into the dad voice. <laughs> And Niles says probably exactly what I would say. If I, you know, I was just like, you know, families, most families pull together and draw draw strength from each other during hard times. So what on earth should we do? Basically, because <laughs> it's not how my family would operate either. I'd be like, okay, well, it's whatever. You guys want to go get drunk somewhere, or you know, <laughs> let's go do something. We're not gonna pull strength from each other on this one. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a fun line, a, go- a good way to show that they're not even themselves are not psychologically grounded enough or emotionally strong as a unit to pull strength from each other on this one because they know they're both neurotic weirdos and they were already pulling themselves apart about this. So then we cut to Nervosa. Frazier and Niles are having a coffee. Frazier's pretty upset, pulling his hair out. Is this where the dude walks up behind him? Yeah, or they're in front of the bookcases, and the guy's like, yeah, obviously listening to their conversation. Well, why wouldn't you be? I mean, you're standing right there. That's what I was going to say. I was like, it's a pretty juicy combo, Frazier. I mean, I would pull up a chair and listen, it too. sort of bothered me that that guy didn't pick a book, to be honest with you. He walked away without picking a book. Oh, good catch. I didn't yeah. see that he didn't even pick a book. Kind of annoyed me. It's like, pick a, you know, get, your, get your book and go read your book. You ever pick out of the public coffee shop library? You do that? I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> what about on the John? I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I'm sorry. Phone? Just phone, phone. on cool. Who I uh, mean what what you what, don't subscribe to a golf digest or something like that? No, I used to field and stream. I used to. Small businessman monthly. Uh I used to, but but You're a large businessman. <laughs> don't don't you dare talk about that. Don't you dare sell yourself short. You're way taller than I am, okay? <laughs> you are not a small businessman. You are fine. No, mostly it's TikTok and conspiracy theories. It's not and true. None of this is true. It's a lot of... Um, I play I play golf games. Um, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Two, two out of three falsehoods there. <laughs> Well, I come out here every week and say nothing but truths, just all truths the whole time. I've I'm never, an enigma. I don't want people to know my, the real me. I understand. Uh, so yeah, Fraser's very upset. It seems to me he's most upset about the affair and the and the pain it caused his mother, uh, but more that it happened to him. Like he just can't believe that it's his family that this happened right. to. He has to have seen this countless times. Uh, same with Niles across private practice or across. People that call into his show all the time. Sure, but anybody but my family. Any any of these things can happen except to me. Right. So I was like, all right, Fraser takes a very, not narcissistic necessarily, but just a very self-centered approach on this one. Let it's me white see how privilege it, is what it is. Don't, <laughs> after conspiracy theory, the entire show is that, Jordan, but we're not going to go into that right now. Okay? This, this is a 1993 keep it down the middle kind oh, of yeah. podcast. We keep it right down the middle here. I've certainly never said any four-letter words or this is a family-friendly show with an explicit tag by it. My, <laughs> okay. my apologies. Crazy man over there. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Niles does seem far more rational, where Fraser's pretty erratic here. Niles seems very calm, kind of sympathizing more with his mother in this aspect, not really attacking his dad quite as much, which Fraser is more like, I can't believe our father would do this, the mother, the pain it caused our mom. Niles is a little bit more measured on that, is what I would say. Sure. So, you know, they worked through it, they stayed together, you know, reminding him of that. Um, <laughs> Niles keeps setting up his healing with humor support group during this, which I think is incredible. Reminds me of old Bob Newhart show episodes. <laughs> it's like, I love group therapy, like, you know, just kind of dramatizations on TV or whatever. Just like, show me that embodied because it looks incredible. Is that what his lecture was? Is that why he said he had a, a, some good jokes? Is yeah. His lecture was a healing with humor thing? Uh, well, not the previous night. I don't think that was it. I think the healing with humor was his group therapy topic for today or whatever, the day he was on. I'd like to see that, I think. Uh, absolutely he said he was gonna have like suspenders and a couple other things on there he said he was going ham oh that that's prime time for me that would that would be a prime time scene they should have filmed that you know you're right i actually don't know why they didn't film that they knew they when he plays wacky or goes uh, off the wall yeah it it hits great his physical humor is incredible yeah Hyde pierces that's 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 his wheelhouse it really is uh so then we cut to Frasier's apartment eddie's on the couch Frazier is not pleased about things going on behind his back. That's <laughs> a funny a funny line. And he's right. Eddie is up on that couch every time Frazier turns his back. So he's not wrong. <laughs> he's, he's completely right on that one. Uh, Mrs. Lawler knocks on the door. Mm. Gung, 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 gung. She shows up looking for Martin. Odd, but it would lead me to believe that she picked him up the other night because she knew where he lived she knew where he lived okay what a weird thing i mean and maybe they'd been in correspondence via letters or something like that i mean there's no you know e-harmony or whatever the like old it would, person it, that's a good you know, point that, it would be like letters like actually yeah, like, know. she might have mailed him stuff in the years since oh no but he just moved in with free change of that's fraser's apartment change so. of address yeah i mean it's Forwarded. only it's only been a couple months you know hmm. Interesting. So yeah, I would think she picked him up the night before, which means how the hell did he get home? Did she? Because she left. She did. <laughs> Hold on. A back second. to the bus. <laughs> back Man, to the bus. Martin's, all right, I'm back to bus theory. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to. This is a speed thing. He's so damn lucky. He wasn't in Los Angeles in '94. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so uh, she shows up looking for Martin. Fraser lets her know that. Uh, he's not there. I, I forget what he's doing at this time. Did he go take a walk? Is he actually getting beers? Who, Marty? Yeah, what's Marty doing? Uh, I didn't make a note of it. I don't know. They didn't say. Okay. I don't believe they said. Yeah, he's just not around the house. Lord knows. He must be out with Daphne, walking the dog. No, the dog's right there. I don't know where the hell he was. Maybe taking a nap or something. Maybe. Uh, Frazier lets her know that he and Martin discussed the affair. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come out and explicitly say like, hey, I know you boinked my old man. <laughs> I know you were having an affair yeah. with my father. Right. He just kind of alludes to, we spoke about what happened about years ago. About the affair, yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, Miss Lawler, very, you know, supportive, basically. And was like, oh, well, you know, that's all right. The, uh, you know, it was a long time ago. We've all moved on with that. And me and Martin forgave them indicating that the affair what? happened yeah exactly <laughs> give me a tim allen if tim allen were during this scene <laughs> that's what the sound effects should be right there <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so she lets him know that, yeah, it was her husband and it was Fraser's mom. And Fraser doesn't seem near as taken aback as he did initially. I guess he's dealt with the shock of the affair. Yeah. But didn't seem to get in the quick turn immediately as enraged with his mother. I thought he would do that that typical Fraser thing where he like grabs his head and then like stumbles backwards and has to hold on to something like yeah. you know that the Kelsey Grammer like in shock right. body language. You, you would think based on his earlier reaction that this would be equally as shocking oh, because be a, now you think it would be a bombshell. Yes, exactly. Not only did an affair occur, but it's the opposite person of who I thought it was. Right. And, and who he was protecting in the, the first place. Uh, right. Like, this would have been, you know, like a crisis in his brain, you feel like. But he was as stable as a table, just he hanging was. out. You're like, okay, Frazier's just taking this like a man. He's just taking this punch right to the face here. You're like, okay. Um, and her husband's dead. She's... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, 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 he's dead. so callous he's on dead. that. Yeah, he died. He's dead. But that's the reason she gives for why she was so emotional. So... I doubt they were even really talking about the affair. That's the thing, because coming up, Martin does say that he hadn't thought about it in a while, and nobody's brought it up. So, yeah. for all we know, like I said, they moved on from this 20 years ago, and they were just having dinner because her husband had passed recently, and the affair was not a topic of conversation. He was there helping a friend who right. he was always helping or whatever. So, she kind of clarifies that, no, we don't just get together and cry about what happened 30 years ago. My husband just died and I've been a little emotional. Sorry. You saw me crying. Do you think that she reached out to him or he reached out to her? I think the implication here is that her husband just died. Like maybe in the last few months. So maybe he heard about it. Either he heard about it. Yeah. Or she's traveling because maybe they didn't live in the Seattle area Mm -hmm. anymore. And maybe she's just back around and wanted to stop in that kind of thing. Just Mm. get together. I don't know. They didn't really say. And like most TV shows. She's gone next week. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> exactly. So nothing really matters here. <laughs> um, so then we stay in Frazier's apartment. Daphne is performing some pretty interesting physical therapy yep. on uh, Martin here. I've never done hip therapy. Is this how it's done, you think? I think so. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, you know, hip flexors and and a lot of good stretches and some some uh groin pulling. That's a word I don't know. What's a flexor? A hip flexor? I think that's like part of your body. <laughs> that's what I thought I was like. <laughs> Is that an exercise? No, I like think a- that's like part of your body. Okay, I think like just you, making you're like sure. stretching out your hip flexors. Yeah, like I'm gonna do these flexors real quick while I'm standing here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, teach me how to do those after we get done recording here. Yeah, oh. she was. She would grip his leg pretty good though, and she she shoved his foot like right up underneath her boob, and okay. she was just pushing. She was pushing. I mean, that you know, she secured it real good and. This is a family show. You keep saying that. What families are listening to this shit? This show's designed for children, I assure you. You think people are just sitting around with their kids like a a fireside chat in the 40s? Yeah, they gather the whole family around one of those big old radios. (laughs) Old tube (laughs) radios. (laughs) Our program's coming on, kids. (laughs) They're they're waiting for this every Thursday night, just like primetime TV. And that is our goal. We try to get these out. Right around the time that NBC's, you know, primetime must-see TV happened years ago. We cut these usually early in the day on Thursday, and I try to turn them around in the same day and get them out. Very, very quick to turn. Here. Steve's so, a machine. You guys don't even know. 
I um I don't you. do anything. I just come and <laughs> I just sit here. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit here and I just say words out of my face. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, and a wonderful, beautiful face it is. <laughs> Look at that face. Look at this face. Always, always holding up mirrors. You while remember we're doing this, this face, okay? You remember this face, yeah? <laughs> oh, I do. I do remember that face, yeah. <laughs> so, um Daphne's spilling the beans about her family history. Martin's none too pleased about this. He doesn't want to hear about her family history. So he's like, okay, Martin, I'm sure she's listened to you blather on about something before. Why don't you just just put up with it, man, and act engaged here to her conversation. Good (laughs) Lord. Uh, So then Daphne exits the room. That's important. She's got to go start a bath right as Frazier enters the room, enters his apartment. Mm -hmm. I mean, he tells Martin, Mrs. Lawler showed up earlier today. It's very somber. We've now taken a very serious, heavy turn in the episode. The audience is quiet. Dead silent. Dead silent. Maybe they got him out of there. They're like, you get your asses out of here for this scene. Funnily enough, they have signs, and one of them says, shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's right. Jordan owns one, and he he turns it on anytime his kids get too loud. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's like, I can't curse, but the sign (laughs) can say whatever it wants. There's no swear jar for that sign, okay? (laughs) I can do whatever the hell it wants, okay? Um, And so Frazier reveals, hey, I know the truth about the affair now, which if I were Martin, I'd be kind of pissed. Similar. I don't know that Martin gets too upset right here, but I'd be like, Jesus, Fraser, you just can't leave well enough alone. Get your nose out of what your nose shouldn't be in. Right. Accept what I told you. And if you want to hate me forever, then do it. I realize that you're like a 43 year old man, but you're just my kid. That for sure. And you and your brother don't need to screw around with this, and we'll we'll get to I mean more context on that in a minute that Fraser sees as well and empathizes with. But uh, this is where Fraser reveals that hey man, Lilith did the same thing to me, which okay, I get. I don't think Frazier was a good dude either, though. I'm gonna put it out there. You think Frazier was bouncing around? Well, similar to what Marty kind of says here is he's like, hey, I wasn't an easy guy to live with. There, she had every reason to do what she did during this period of my life. Yeah. I would imagine Frazier was more in that camp where he was like heavily committed to something and paid zero attention to his wife for like a year or two or something like that. Probably. He's like, all right, true. man. Um, but it was weird that they were both the victim here and that's what connected them because it it could have gone either way where Frazier had committed the infraction and they were bonded over that and Marty never revealed it and maybe only the audience knew that Martin was covering up this affair with the mother here. Like That could have been revealed in a conversation away from Frazier with Mrs. Lawler. Yeah. And then Frazier reveals the opposite that, hey, I get it. I I cheated on Lilith once too, and then maybe you no know, Fraser was just making up the whole damn thing. He might have been making this up about Lilith for all I know. He might have been. And Marty makes a comment, I believe, about how like something about Lilith not being attractive. I, it, I think is that on here? <clears throat> um, no, I did not put that in my notes. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. Martin is taken aback by the humor and the fact that Lilith could have an affair. What the fuck? What the fuck, Marty? I know, I, first I mean. of all, I think Lilith's pretty freaking hot. I myself. 
I like a uptight bitch like that. So, <laughs> dude, I mean, you like a stone cold oh, uh, you give Arctic me, fox. You give me a gossip girl, Blair Waldorf. I mean, obviously not a high school person, <laughs> but like just a real mean person. I respond very well to that, funnily enough. So, you're like Dwight. You respond well to authority. Uh, ice queen. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, ice queen. <laughs> Works for me. That's a good <laughs> dynamic for me and my long-term relationships. Yeah, but when I when he said that, I was like, I immediately was like, Lilith's hot. Like, yeah. like I find Lilith very attractive. Yes, and come on, Martin. We see the kind of women and floozies you eventually run with. He's yeah. in no place to talk, and we don't know that in 93 yet, but he acts Ronnie. like he, he acts like he acts like he's so high and mighty above any unattractive woman here. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Any anybody's entitled to have passion and engagement and inter love affairs with another yeah. person if it suits them. It was super insensitive. Thing yeah, to like, say. Come on, man. <laughs> so no, I did note that as well. Fraser <laughs> uh, says she hooked up with a Frenchman. It's twice in this episode. It's like French at the top and then Frenchman again here where I was like, somebody just have an axe to grind with a French person. One of these writers got rubbed the wrong way that (laughs) week. Yeah, like, have you ever met a French person with a lisp? Can't understand (laughs) a damn thing about him. He's like, Jesus. He got cheated on by his or by a Frenchman or something like that. They're like, well, what, what like culture can we make fun of that won't get us in trouble on primetime TV? The French, they don't do anything. Yeah. The French, they're so, they're so middle of the road. They won't. Rich Americans like making fun of the French still. Yeah. Is that fun? (laughs) Okay. They do it all the time on the Simpsons. Oh, uh, but <laughs> this is a smart way to make them both sympathetic and connect to each other. So whatever it may be it, that happened in the past, they were both the victims here as far as their long-term story arcs go. They were the victims. Right. They got the, Fra- the common ground there. Frazier doesn't indicate if this is what led to the divorce, and I don't know if this occurred on Cheers. Did they get divorced, or was this in the interim between... Cheers and Fraser. Did they even get married on Cheers? I'm sorry. They, I don't know. Yeah, the they were story. married on Cheers. They were married. It, for, yeah, the other be- in the beginning. In the beginning. They got divorced. They got divorced. Yes. Was it due to an affair or just other irreconcilable differences um, like Fraser being at a bar all the time? I mean, I'm, you know, people are going to correct me here if I'm wrong, but I believe it's because of Diane. He met Diane. And he? Excuse me. He met someone? He met Diane. He, Diane was a patient at a mental institution. Really, it's like a mental, like, mm, huh, like rehab place, I guess. And that's where they met because he was a psychiatrist there. All right, I'm gonna have to go. We may stop this series so I can dig into <laughs> Fraser is even a relatively good human because he really played himself the victim here because of this affair. And then I find out that he ended his marriage because he met a mental I patient might be somewhere. Wrong. I might be wrong on that, but I, I mean like... Buddy, you got to try to work <laughs> through that shit, not just bail when you meet a mental patient that you think is attractive. It's like half your age, too. Yeah. Diane was very okay. young. All right, we're going to move on so that I don't lose all faith in Frazier <laughs> as a character. <laughs> um, so Martin owns up that he... Yeah, like I said, he wasn't an easy person to live with and says, hey, you know, they put it behind them, but there were certainly times when it tore old Marty apart. So for sure. I would imagine that's going to happen in any long-term relationship where somebody tries to put this behind them. Yeah. That there will be days where it's not fun, and especially if your kids start nosing around and bringing shit up and stuff like that. So I'm sure it's like, <laughs> hey, Frage, 
Thanks a heap for this week's episode, buddy. I'm glad the audience got to know about this crap and you dragged it through my brain again. What the fuck out, man? Yeah, come on, buddy. <laughs> and it's a very well acted scene. So it's it's just a Fraser Marty scene and it's a long scene. Yeah. So it, it's very well acted. It's a silent scene, not a lot of punchlines. Uh, and Martin does spoon feed the the line that and that's why I said I had the affair, not your mom. And it's like, yeah, no shit. We got that like 15 lines ago, but I I appreciate you spoon feeding it out here to the audience. <laughs> Thanks for holding my hand on that. Yeah, it was like, that had to be like a network note. They're like, so did Marty just say he had the affair? Like, <laughs> yes. Have you been not paying attention to this entire episode? Yes. There's not enough context yeah, there. Right. That seems like a dumb production note from somebody at some point. You're like, okay. God, that part of the process must just be so tedious. Yeah, that did not seem like a necessary line to the episode. It was just like. Could you imagine being a director in a writing team? And then there's like these people that are like, yeah, but like we need to, we need to really get the point across. And it's like, I'm pretty sure we are. The point is across. <laughs> it's, they just had a very emotional scene saying that happened to me too. Yeah, it's like I think we know that the affair was committed by someone else, and that was the reason that he <laughs> said it was committed by him. We're good. Um, Stupid. And then this is also a weird thing where Marty reveals that Fraser cut herself out of the photos because she had put on some extra pounds during that summer. So it sounds like Martin was probably a real shithead. Where no offense to Marty here, but his wife maybe put on a few pounds. They went to a summer cabin. He was just like, I don't care, you know, and just probably neglected the hell out of her for all I know. And she hooked up with the dude next door while also being self-conscious about her weight so much that she cut out photos of herself. Like, seems like there were probably some self-esteem things sure. going on mixed with maybe what Marty was doing there. Sure, so sure, sure. It, it did seem like a weird reveal that that was the reason she cut herself out of photos. Like, seemed like that entire wrinkle of the story could have just been removed like the photo album section where i was like okay it gave it it gave uh niles a chance to smell daphne's hair again okay yeah but yes you're right that just seemed like a weird reasoning (laughs) we're just like okay i guess women might cut themselves out of photos years ago because they put on a couple pounds but why keep the photo in the photo album? Seems like it would know. take a long time. Yeah. Just said, throw it away. That's the thing. It was a weird bit of like extra information to add at the end of the episode where I was like, we probably could have just gone on the journal here. We didn't need the photo album. My sisters used to cut their, their faces out of the photos and then make a big collage. Yeah. Out of, you, you know go. what I mean? Like put it up on the bulletin board. Oh, and that was awesome, man. I love, I love that kind of stuff. Collaging with all their, they'd get, you know, go get the, go get the poster board and some glue sticks and collages were great back in the day, man. We don't, I don't do enough collaging. No. Anymore. And there's a, there's just so much stuff that because of like phones and shit and like technology, that's just not a thing anymore. I mean, you know, collages, collaging. It's all digital collages now. That's true. It's all an app. Look at those <laughs> handmade collages. You know what I mean? It's real good quality. Where all the good handmade? I mean, when's the last time you go? used an Elmer's glue stick? I huff them every morning. What oh, are you talking that's about? That's true. That's true. Oh gosh, it's it so doesn't. Good. It doesn't get me high. But I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do one right now. It just gets me back to normal, baby. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, so. I think then we get to the credit scene here, and there's not much going on other than Eddie just writhing around on the couch, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, I think that that was all that was that was happening as it, as it went out. It, this wasn't the, you know, again, it's still first season, so it's also early. The, the writing really hasn't hit like a good role point yet. Yeah, this was a lot of like backstory mm-hmm. set up. Let's find a real emotional way to connect father and son here. Niles is completely left out of this. Um, Lord knows what he and Maris's relationship is like at this point, but Frazier is certainly growing more connected to his dad than Niles is through these first eight episodes, yeah. for sure. So yeah. he's got him there. Again, we're just again, you know, still getting to know everybody and you know, whatever. You are. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know them all very well. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, Seinfeld. Okay. I love Seinfeld as our sideshow episode. That's the tricky part. Simpsons, Seinfeld, once shows like 30 Rock get on the air around the same time, or maybe they don't. Actually, that one doesn't cross over. No, it doesn't. Um, but there's some like Friends and Will and Grace and some other like Scrubs Malcolm and some other good stuff. Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. There will be some good shows that debut and Third Rock as from the go. Sun, maybe. Third Rock, Ooh. ER, all kinds of good ones. But oh. Seinfeld was a staple of 1993 and mid-90s television. Oh, yeah. So any documentary about the 90s, and uh, they're going to touch on Seinfeld and the impact that it made on everybody. Everybody. And this one was, uh, what, was it season five or something? This is pretty deep Seinfeld already. Yes, this is the non-fat yogurt episode of Seinfeld. And just in case you've never seen it, I'm going to read a lengthy show overview here about what Seinfeld Jesus, is. that is long. That's right. Well, and you never know. <clears throat> Maybe we have some new listeners here who uh, didn't grow up in the 90s or didn't get to understand the American impact of it, who all stars in Seinfeld. Because since you and I have seen it, I am going to just use character names shorthand. I probably, sure. you know. I'd say 95% of people have seen it, but there are 5% that, ha- that fucking hate it. So Seinfeld is an American television sitcom created by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. It aired on NBC from July 5th, 1989 to May 14th, 1998. Over nine seasons and 180 episodes in all. It stars Seinfeld as a fictionalized version of himself, and it focuses on his personal life with three of his friends. Best friend, George. That's played by Jason Alexander. His former girlfriend, I guess they never really do a like on again, off again thing. They just like hook up randomly throughout yeah. the series. Yeah. But so they never I, started dating again. Yeah, she's like, I was just kind of considered her a friend, but I guess I never she's a considered, former girlfriend. I never considered yeah. her a girlfriend in the first place. Right. They That's just going to say what a weird a way bit. to describe the series there. Ooh. And his neighbor from across the hall, Cosmo Kramer, played by Michael Richards, and sorry, his former girlfriend, Elaine, played by Julia Louis Dreyfus. It is set mostly in an apartment building in Manhattan's Upper West Side in New York City, and it has been described as a show about nothing. That's probably what you know it as the most there. Um, And Jerry Seinfeld, he got an opportunity to create a show in NBC. He asked his buddy Larry David to help him and create a premise for the sitcom. Uh, The production companies, they don't really care about too much, but... It's widely regarded as one of the most influential series of all time. So your four principal characters there, George, Jerry, Elaine, Kramer. There's some side characters we'll mention here, and they're really, really fun. And we'll try to dig into them a little bit, uh, but that's kind of what Seinfeld is. It's about these four cats, 
created by Larry David. Yeah. I didn't watch Seinfeld when I was like young. Like when it was on TV, I didn't start watching Seinfeld until much later for some reason. I don't know why it passed me by. Same thing with like Cheers and same thing with a lot of shows, to be honest with you. I would say f- similar to Frasier. So yeah, in 1993, I don't think I was watching it in real time consistently it was probably fourth or fifth grade so 94 95 so you had a big jump on it is when well my parents let me watch it like my parents knew enough where they were like this is the hot show and they knew i watched a crap ton of tv i just did i would sit in front of a tv for hours so i remember either being punished or getting to watch this show with them I can't remember if it was like, hey, you're being punished. Come sit back here in our room while we watch TV. And then I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Sweet. This is incredible. You guys seen this stuff? This except, is great. Except when it's NASCAR. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's a different time. <laughs> uh, but So this one, I don't remember watching live, but it was probably 94, 95. I do remember watching most Seinfelds on Thursday night when they aired live because huh. I had a buddy who was into him, so we'd talk about him the next day back then. Too. You're a lucky boy. I was. So this episode, unfortunately, the tricky part about these episodes of Seinfeld, it is not just one plot. It is four plots oh, most yes. of the time. Oh, yeah. So our plot, uh, Jerry, Elaine, George, and Newman are hooked on a new frozen yogurt shop in which Kramer has invested. They are all delighted by the fact that the yogurt is advertised as non-fat. <laughs> Jerry swears near the new sh- or sorry, swears near the shop owner's son Matthew, who then starts to swear quite frequently. <laughs> Matthew's mom brings him over to Jerry's place so he can explain that cursing is wrong. Uh, but Jerry unfortunately curses again when Matthew destroys a cassette tape of his. <laughs> um one of the other storylines there is uh, that George runs into his childhood nemesis, Lloyd Braun. And I think this is the first appearance of Lloyd Braun, who shows up on a couple other episodes. Played by a different actor, like, eventually. It's oh, is it really? Yeah, this, this, guy, this is the first Lloyd Braun. It's like Jerry's dad was a different guy, and they were like, he's not funny. Get him out of there. And they pull in somebody who was much more hilarious. So same thing with Lloyd Braun. He's not funny. And Lloyd, Lloyd is, at this moment, uh, when we see him at the start of this episode, Episode, a successful guy. He's uh, a <laughs> he's working for the mayor. He's working from the mayor, Mayor Dinkins. <laughs> uh, and this was a real race, the Dinkins versus Giuliani race back then. And so, when doing the modicus or the most modest amount of research I do for this show, I did see that they filmed two versions of it. One where Dinkins wins the mayoral election and all the lines are reversed, and one where Giuliani wins the mayoral election oh. <laughs> and the lines go the other way so like the insert shot of the so blood it, you said this was on november what november 4th so oh. i'd imagine election day was november 2nd Second, yeah. and they just decided which one airs basically interesting and i think they had to shoot some of giuliani's scenes where he like it, it said they had to shoot a couple of them right after election day but, so he's like pretending to be the mayor versus right. pretending to lose but they wrote it both ways so like when elaine's saying or did he win the election he won the he yes won he won the election dinkins was not re-elected in 90 those scenes that they that they shot with giuliani uh talking he, he was talking about i mean this is way later on sorry to get out of order but he was talking about the the non-fat yogurt and it was obviously an allusion to when he busted up organized crime in new yes. york right i think organized crime and then cleaning up times square was right. i think a big thing he did where it was like hey the 80s times square where it's a bunch of like porn shops and stuff like that is going to go 
we're going to put in an M&M store. That's a shame. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be like a, I don't know, Virgin Records. It's down there. I clearly don't go. <laughs> but it's much more. There's a Bubba Gump. There's crap like that. Oh, hell yeah. Square. I love Bubba Gump. There you go. Uh, I've, so, been, I've been you mentioned Bubba Gump baby that's my bag I've been to Bubba Gump in Galveston I've been to Bubba Gump in Houston I've been to Bubba Gump in uh, I think my wife went to one in Hawaii I think uh, I definitely went to the one in Mexico that one was cool because I was drunk as fuck and uh, sat outside the Bubba Gump and there was like a thing of you put your feet in and the fish eat the, sca- the, the skin off your feet that was cool and there was a balloon artist that was the rudest balloon artist I have ever met in my entire life life that lady did not want to be there at all granted it was like new year's eve i believe um because we went down there for new year's man that's a fun trip saw chichen itza i went to chichen itza um that was cool as hell man that was really cool but bubba gump was there yeah and we went to bubba gump that was like bubba himself listing all the shrimps was you (laughs) listing all the places that you've gone to that's incredible man that was just amazing well what a time in the 90s, you know? Uh, so uh, we'll get right into it after that. Those are kind of the big storylines, basically. Non-fat yogurt and Lloyd Braun, and then we'll get to this other stuff here. Uh, so it opens with uh, Jerry, Elaine, and George eating at a very busy non-fat yogurt yeah, shop. Yeah, the place so is bumping. Yeah, the background actors, there's a ton of them. Yeah. It's just going in and out of the line, you know, people in and out Getting all day seconds. long. Exactly. Yeah. Every table's full, you know, people are restocking, the staff is huge. It's like TCBY, really, it was okay. in, the, in the 90s. I don't know about that. I do. I went to TCBY like every week with my grandparents. They would always come pick me up and take me over to TCBY, man. Thank God it's yogurt. No, that's not even the right letters in the acronym. Thank God it's not TGBY. TGIY. It's the country's best yogurt. That's false advertising. <laughs> no, I, I agree. That's why they had to change that's it why to it was TCBY. An that's why it was an acronym. They tried acronym. rolling that out, and someone was like, no, you, you can't, can't just call just yourself the best yogurt. Like That can't be your business name. Like You have to change it. Like, all right, fine. It stands for that. Like, yeah, sure it does. Whatever. We <laughs> we went. I'm not proud of this, but we. Uh, you went to a Bubba Gum. No, I boosted, boosted a cake from TCBY one oh, time. I mean, is the statute of limitations run out on that? Am I going to get in trouble for this? I don't know. What is the statute of limitations? On uh, thieving a cake? On thieving a cake, a $20 cake. Small crime that occurred in 2003. That location shut down now, so that <laughs> Thanks helps. to that cake. That I'm pretty sure all TCBYs are shut down. They no. went into bankruptcy. No. There's still one around. Filed chapter 11, didn't they? So, I mean, lots of people do that, I think, from a corporate standpoint. They're like, yeah, we took out a lot of loans. We can't pay these back. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I feel bad about boosting that cake. That guy did not know what hit him. The cake is gone, he said. That was an Ocean's Eleven style cake heist. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was some good sleight of hand. So, some quick backstory here, basically. Uh, yeah, one time Jordan and I might have committed a crime against a shop owner uh, that owned a TCBY. <laughs> Basically, there was this flaw in their, um, not even a flaw in their system. We just took advantage to, of how they did things, that's I guess. Right. So basically, they didn't have a fountain area for their ice or drinks out front. Their fountain was in the back, and it was usually only stocked by one person. So <laughs> if you go in and order a soda, you probably got about 45 seconds to a minute where this guy's going to have to go back, scoop some ice out of a machine, 
and then fill up your fucking fill up Dr. Your giant Pepper. large Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so you're going to have some time built in because of the volume of the cup here. This is very meticulous. <laughs> it was <laughs> George Clooney level style stuff. It was very meticulous. And the, so, fact that we, the fact that we were like, dude, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do is you just wait. You send one man in. He orders a Dr. Pepper. You pay one dollar. And then while the old man's in the back, Unfortunately, there's a giant, uh, you know, like freezer of cakes. Of ice cream cakes. Yeah, of ice cream cakes that sits out in the front area. Some of them are for sale or purchase that are ad hoc. Some of them are for people. We did not lift one that was for a person or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. It wasn't a custom But yeah, job. I mean, we were high school kids, you know, and when one guy went to the back, another man, so, you know, I'm going to put this all on Jordan. Jordan went in and ordered the drink <laughs> and he orchestrated this whole thing and then he paid some other guy to walk in and take it was, a cake. Definitely wasn't Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he walked in and took that cake and walked right back out. And then by the time, you know, the Dr. Pepper's out, guy never knows what hits him. The cake is just gone. I it's can't believe he gone. noticed it, though, because that was the thing is he was like, because you way. weren't in there and he was like, the cake is gone. And I was like, oh, I just shrugged. Uh, I was like, I have no idea no what idea, happened. Man. Yeah, because you're not holding a cake. You're just a man waiting on a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you're just a guy who came in and ordered a Dr. Just Pepper. Just one my dollar Dr. Pepper. So last thing he's going to do, I mean, he's going to fix you up with that Dr. Pepper and then go check his security footage. And by that time, you're long gone with that cake. What's he going to do? Call the police and say a cake robbery happened because because I filled up a Dr. Pepper in the back. They're going to be like, well, hey, man, like, you need to get two people in here. You need to put a lock on that cake case. <laughs> so, like, you need to keep a couple cans out here. Maybe keep a bucket of ice Corporate out here. went apeshit on that guy. I, I bet, bet they did. They're, oh. they're all franchisees. I yeah. hope that's not why they closed down his TCBY. Because I, I think the, you stole a cake. I think nobody in that like shopping center is in business anymore. I think they're all gone, yeah, unfortunately. Pretty sad. Pretty, pretty yeah, slim pickings. So, yeah, that's uh, Jordan and I's experience in the yogurt game, unfortunately. That was a long time ago. We don't encourage anyone to take <laughs> we any like illegal 16. acts. Yeah, exactly. Don't take any illegal acts to get yourself 20 bucks. Don't do it. 20 bucks buys a lot. That's right. And really did back then. Gas was under a dollar. Now I really do sound old. But yeah. Gas was under oh, a dollar. Oh, God. We did the same thing one time. My mom gave me money to go get a haircut, and I just had Steve cut my hair, and we kept the money. Incredible. <laughs> just incredible. She knew immediately. She was like, that looks like uh, Steve cut your hair. Oh, that, that's how you do it, man. Just get one of them good self-cuts. in good shape, buddy. Uh, <laughs> they're eating at this busy non-fat yogurt shop. This is where we find out that Kramer's invested in this place, and they're like, man, you're going to do great. Place is super busy. Clean Kramer, up. Yeah, Kramer's invested. Uh, the owner's wife walks by. We already discussed. Jerry curses in front of this kid. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's just in shock about how good the yogurt is. It's so fucking good. It's funny because they never do that in Seinfeld. Seinfeld's very clean, and they never, ever do, like, straight-up cursing. This is the only episode that I can recall where there was, like, bleeped-out words, you know, like... It's part of the joke, obviously. Yeah, I, just, I bet they bought themselves some, you know, just some leverage by season five. Because I think you're right. I don't think they had gone down this road where it's like the expletive is the joke here. Like, that's sure. the joke. And as far as I swearing. understand it, like, after they did the Chinese food episode, the Chinese restaurant episode, mm -hmm. they pretty much had carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they wanted. Doesn't surprise me. It, they were a <clears throat> ratings boon for NBC. It's the reason I watched NBC for sure. sure. Like, I don't remember what shows were on before, but kind of as we've discussed, as a younger kid, 
Well, that was probably more into ABC, Home Improvement, Blossom. Full House. You know, yeah, I mean, Blossom was on NBC. You're right. Yeah. Um, but like, I was more into family programming, not adults in apartments in New York right. and Frasier in Seattle. So like, this thing becoming such a big thing is certainly the reason I watched NBC. Probably, my dad hates this show. He hates it. It hates it. Like it to this day, still ask him. He's like, I hate it. He doesn't like George's character. He hates Larry David. So it's just like, Dad, like, where is your humor? I've never identified more with a human than George. Same, same man. And so, yeah, and so that's that's my dad and I do not say eye to eye on that. He's like, oh, he's so stupid, neurotic asshole. And it's like, well, yeah. So what? (laughs) (laughs) He is. That's fine. Well, Lloyd Braun walks in. He grew up in George's neighborhood. And yeah, he's an advisor for Mayor Dinkins. I forget what triggers George to nudge Jerry. It's right after Lord says something about how many babes there are in this place. And then I felt like either they looked over at somebody attractive that isn't shown or that George was just indicating, see what an asshole this guy is. Right. Because he gives him the nudge or whatever. But just on my quick one watch here, I did not catch what initiated the first arm jerk that George was it was it the here. fact that elaine was right there and and, and that's who he lloyd said it Bra- about yeah and lloyd gotcha. braun is talking about elaine that's like oh there's some real babes over here yeah because it was right after the babes line and i was like was it about the babes i was like i don't get the setup but that's and probably i, I think the, the implication is that if elaine starts dating lloyd braun he starts fucking hanging around them and george hates lloyd braun very true he does hate him uh at least what we know it and anybody who grew up in your neighborhood and becomes super successful and for some reason still talks to your parents, <laughs> it's going to be like, like, all right, man. Like, I love that. I don't like that guy. I love how Frank Frank and Estelle love Lloyd Braun. That's She's always I mean. like, you need to be more like Lloyd Braun. Yeah, like how could you not hate a man who's constantly <laughs> being talked about by your parents to you? You're like, oh, God, there's that guy. And it was like that, like his whole childhood, too. They're always like, oh, right. Lloyd's the best. Yeah. You want, you know, we yeah. wish you were like Lloyd. Right. I'm the person your parents wished you were not like. It's like, just don't end up like Steve. You're like, I, I know. I got it. <laughs> so, My um, mom said that many times. Yep. Just don't, whatever you do, just don't, don't end up like Steve. You just have to know how to end up like Steve. Steve's not going to be a doctor. (laughs) You just have to know that going in. Basically, if you have aspirations of medical school or something like that, then probably not going to happen. If you (laughs) hang out with Steve, he's going to let you know, man. Uh, So we cut to Jerry's apartment. Kramer's already in the apartment. This struck me as very odd. Why? Jerry's in the back room and Frazier's just hanging out. I thought his entrance was like the biggest deal. Oh, Kramer? Yeah, like typically he gets the big entrance. Kramer has a key. Kramer comes over whenever he wants. I I certainly understand that he comes over whenever he wants. I thought it was a big deal for the audience that Kramer's first appearance, but I guess he did appear in the yogurt shop or whatever briefly. Oh, so you're saying because they didn't do the like Kramer entering gag. Exactly. Like Kramer normally slides through the dang door and there's a big woo and an ah. Larry David has a pretty balanced sense of what needs to happen and what doesn't need to happen, it seems. So you know what I mean? So like he probably purposely was like, no, we're not doing a Kramer entrance this this episode. Yeah, this is a good like mid-conversation way to set up the scene where Jerry's in the back room and Kramer's out front just kind of casually chilling. So this definitely seemed like they'd been hanging out for a while. We're in the middle of a conversation. So I thought it was a cool way to start the scene. Sure. sure. Uh, They're talking about how it's non-fat. And Jerry mentions that, yeah, he 
improv 10 new minutes of material about the ottoman empire <laughs> like Jerry. so stupid what is this a whole empire where you put your feet up like, which is what? a great like play on a jerry seinfeld joke that they're very good about like making fun of his own comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like what when they they do it very explicitly in that one episode we're like what's the deal with the lampshade it's a lamp. Why do you need a shade or something <laughs> like I, I forget so what dumb. the dumb punchline is or whatever, but it's so dumb. One of my favorites, though, is that Kenny Banya just eats that shit up. He, he loves, loves that type of humor. Loves it's that. gold, Jerry. <laughs> it's gold. Man. It's gold. Oh, um, <laughs> so he's got it on tape. That's a big thing. Jerry says, hey, I've got this new 10 minutes. I've got a new tonight show here. And I've got it on tape. And it's that and it was improv, so it's very important that he has that information so yes. he can go back and, you know, he should have already listened and written it. it down. I will tell it's you true. that. You know, like what is he thinking? Don't just keep it on that tape. I get it. Write it down. Re-listen three times and write it down. Yeah. Very good grief. He's just trusting that that tape is safe. Ugh, he really is. <laughs> so Elaine walks in with the tooth injury. Um, I think she bit into something. A I, fork. A uh, bit into the fork. That's right. That's the gag. Are you still freaked out when people bite their fork? I would prefer if it didn't happen, but people don't do it to me like intentionally the way it would, occurred when I was a child, seemingly. Or like people would do it and Purposely. make you. Yeah. And it was like to screw with you. So that doesn't happen anymore. And I wear headphones and don't look at people when they eat. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just going to listen to another podcast and not look at you while you masticate. <laughs> okay. That's a good plan. Yeah. So that's how I avoid it now. But yes, I am bothered by it. I was going to say, because going to like a public restaurant or something, you know, if you get in the, you get in the chow hall, then there's going to be plenty of people biting down on that fork. It's usually loud enough where that's not. It just gets drowned uh, out. Yeah, exactly. That gets drowned out by conversation. Never had an instance where you've been sitting at a booth and the person behind you just is habitually doing it and you're like, fucking stop. And then I always have headphones stab on them. Or I'm talking. I will talk through it. If I'm at a dinner and nobody's talking, I will talk their ear off about <laughs> lord knows what and they're like steve you barely touched your food i'm like it's dead silent I, i'm trying I, to you know nobody make else it not awkward talking. yeah sorry uh when which in turn makes it more awkward damn right it does yeah, right uh so jerry or sorry kramer tells elaine she's getting a little heavy added maybe five <laughs> yeah, ten pounds love the way you approach it yeah. and only kramer can do that oh yeah he's just so direct and honest looking at her the facial expression you're right that really does sell it <laughs> yeah exactly. uh, we're not a visual medium here maybe we'll get cameras someday but not today uh, yeah, the facial expression is really what sells that and he says the same thing to jerry a little bit uh, they both go weigh themselves, Jerry and Elaine. They gained eight pounds for Jerry, seven pounds for Elaine there. Which is a lot. I mean, that, that is, is quite a, a bit of, pay, yeah, exactly. in one week, that is quite a bit of weight. And Elaine freaks out. She's like, where's your bathroom scale? And Jerry's like, in the bathroom? What, what do you think? Like, yeah, it's, That's a good guess. <laughs> you know, like, why do people ask for something where you know it probably is? Where it, yeah. But she's not wrong. Some people hide it in their bathroom. Sure. Like, I'll tell you, ours is tucked underneath something because... I don't just like keep the scale sitting out. Sure, like, I do. It's just like if I can tuck it underneath a cabinet here because it fits underneath here and it'll slide under. It's yeah. a space saver, baby. I put it in my living room sometimes because my cats will go and sit on it on purpose. You got one of those industrial ones at the doctor's yeah. office where they have to like slide the bar up at the top. Precisely. Oh. And my cats, they'll go sit on it on purpose because it's square. And if you put anything square down, cats will go sit on it. And so oh. it's really fun to see how much your cats weigh. Okay. 
what does the cat weigh? Stuck in your head all day now, Shit. too. So, of course, they immediately suspect the yogurt. It has to be yogurt. It's the only thing that's changed. I haven't done anything else. I'm just eating this damn non-fat yogurt now, so there's got to be fat not in fat, the yogurt. Not non-fat. <laughs> um, Kramer calls Jerry old. He's like, well, you're getting old, buddy. That's why you put on weight. <laughs> and calls him tubby and chubs, yeah. like, pretty quickly in succession. <laughs> like, so, look, chubs. Yeah, so we quickly start this thing where, like, Kramer just treats fat people like shit, apparently. <laughs> We're like, hey, man. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> best friends with I, Newman. <laughs> exactly. You're like, don't call Jerry these mean names <laughs> just because he put on a few pounds. <laughs> I, I guess they've got a good relationship, but that didn't feel... Kind by Kramer to immediately shift to the like, all right, tubby and chumps. Like a, uh, like a, like a family member or something. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> Elaine's going to call the FDA. Uh, Kramer makes a bet that I don't think they really ever pay off in any way, but he says he bets him that if it has fat, he'll go on an all yogurt diet for a week. Oh, yeah. And then we don't ever really see that resolve itself, but that's a line that's in there or something like that. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Which probably wouldn't be, you know, too weird for Kramer. I imagine that he, you know, buys like a 20 pound bag of like chickpeas and eats that, you know, eats off of that for a long time or something. He does seem like a volume shopper yeah. for one item. And then I will live off this for quite some. We saw that in the chicken roasters episode. Yep. I think he went, he went deep on chicken. He also bought a whole bunch of the, of that, that beef, uh, beefarino. <laughs> <laughs> they had to get rid of the beefarino by feeding it to the horse. So that's the problem. More of these episodes will come up. Is it? There are certain <laughs> shows that I would do a whole Frasier Seinfeld thing, but this, that's not the point of this. No. The point of this <laughs> podcast is to be like, if I knew I was watching Frasier every week <laughs> and I was just channel surfing and I could record one other show, let me try something new every week, basically. Right. Maybe I'll circle back when it's something good or a big thing. So, unfortunately, we can't do Seinfeld every week, but we do know a lot about this one. We have watched <laughs> this one extensively. Um, so then we go to the Costanza household. That's right. George has moved back in with his parents. Yes, which he does frequently. What's the reason he gives? He says, was there a fire? Was that the fire clown episode? I thought that was at somebody else's place. That, I, was a, that wasn't at his house. Yeah, that, he he mentioned something, but he was probably just birthday lying. Party. He was probably just saving money and made up a lie. So I forget where we George are. George frequently loses his job. Yeah. So <laughs> when he loses his job, he can't pay his rent. He's my hero from a corporate <laughs> standpoint. Though. <laughs> he approaches corporate America the right way, in my opinion. So, like when he barricades himself in his office and oh, shit. So good. You tell him I'm in my office. Yeah. Oh, man. He's just an incredible employee. (laughs) I really appreciate his approach. Um, So Frank and Estelle are talking about Tommy Toon. Frank smacks George on the head. It's a funny physical gag. Tommy Toon was very tall. Yeah. That's what he kept saying to him. I know. I didn't write down the lines. Jerry Stiller, man. It's that like, yes, God. Frank Costanza played by Jerry Stiller. I don't think either of the parents are with us anymore. They're not. They're, yeah. They both passed away. Um, Dinkins stops by the house. This is where I'd be like, what the hell is this guy doing? What's stopping by my parents' house. Like, they live in Queens. Yeah. I don't care if you're in the neighborhood. <laughs> you don't need to come see my parents. Please don't. That's very odd. Um, but it, George keeps the involuntary arm bit. Yeah. 
smacks Estelle hard as he like real damn hard. <laughs> that that old lady took it, yeah, man. She probably bruised up pretty good. I forget that actress's name. I think I used to know it, but oh, I, I don't know it name. off the top of my head. Yeah, either. I apologize. So her name's Estelle. I'm going to call her a character name and not that old lady again. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. That is Estelle Costanza. Let's put some respect on that name. Um, Dinkins says, hey, I got a doctor I can give you. Here's this card. I was talking to uh, Mayor Dinkins about this. He's got a guy, a specialist he referred to you. And man, oh man, Frank and Estelle go haywire. Your parents ever get like crazy proud of you like when some starstruck yeah like anything ever happened where your parents were like oh my god i can't believe you go into a college football game with that guy in the back area there or something like i don't know my parents were not the like over the moon proud type where they were gushing about anything as i, I don't think so i mean my mom she you know she used to say she used to brag about me Sorry. all the time but the, not since i was in like grade school yeah i would say because george is a grown adult here he's like a 40 year old man man dinkins was talking about you uh, yeah exactly. okay. no nothing that comes to mind gotcha. uh honestly like i don't know they were pretty proud of like the you know stuff we used to do with the uh, band back in the day when we were kids wow you're playing in memphis that's cool yeah yeah playing in mm -hmm. other cities is cool um I'm just more proud of that movie. Our song somehow snuck in. I, I tell everybody about that. Whenever two I songs, babe, two, two songs, songs, buddy. Right. That's two songs. If you want to see a really bad Stephen Baldwin, Chris Penn, Ali and Sheedy. Ali Sheedy movie mm. that was a direct to Showtime picture from like 2001 or two. Mm -hmm. It's called Shelter Island, not Shutter Island, not not Shutter Island. Yeah, it's SEO is terrible. Don't if you look up Shelter <laughs> Island, it's like, did, did you, you mean, mean Shutter Island? <laughs> like, nobody really searches no. for Shelter Island. <laughs> like, Here's this trash movie. Is this what yeah. you're talking about? They're like, all right, if you really want to see Shelter Island, if you really want to go down this dark hole, you can, but we're not recommending it to you from our algorithm. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's out there. But yeah, we got some songs in a movie. We're like 16 or something. Pretty I don't incredible. Know. Yeah, that's it. It Pretty. cost us money. And didn't <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure somebody had to do something somewhere. <laughs> We're on way. IMDb, though. <laughs> That's, That's right. pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Frank and Estelle over the moon. And one of the weird things at the end of this is that Dinkins is very, or sorry, not Dinkins, Lloyd is very interested to hear the diagnosis about what went on here. Why? Lloyd He's Braun. such a dick. He just, he just constantly wants to get the best of George. Like he wants to better him all the time until the end of time. Yeah. That's what's uh, odd about it is like, he's just trying to catch George in, in a lie. This lie. Yeah. He, um, he, and, and, and it can, their, the relationship continues this way for like the entire duration of the show. I mean, I guess I can understand. I had for, you know, a friend who will name unnamed, unnamed that has that energy that constantly, like every time I run into him, it just feels like he's in competition with me. And I'm like, bro, like we both have families. I mean, I don't say this, but it's like, we both have families now. Like what the fuck? Like who gives a fuck if you are 
uh, you know, better than me at, at golf or like whatever. Who cares? Yeah, the, the golf game's the tough <laughs> Who one. Who cares? That's like all old guys care about. I What'd think you I, shoot the last time you played? I think my old man is still like, well, I can beat you at golf. I'm like, well, I don't yeah, care. Well, you play golf like every day because yeah, like, you're I, old and rich. That's like, I think you like have a golf membership. <laughs> like, you belong I, to like four country clubs, of course. I'm like, yes, you'll probably be better than me at golf. Of course <laughs> and, you will, bud. So you are physically worse than me. <laughs> but Sure, that that's the way it goes. So yeah, Lloyd like Braun has that kind of energy. Yeah, people love the golf game, so I get mm. it. Mm. That, that's a big one. Um, so for some reason, uh, we're back at Jerry's apartment, and the owner's wife comes by, asks Jerry to talk to her kid, and Elaine and Jerry figure out, all right, we found a lab that we can get this yogurt tested at here, basically. Right. So they're like, all right, we're gonna get it tested. Jerry tries to talk to this kid. Um, or no, maybe he hasn't talked to her yet. Um, hold on one moment here. My notes are all off, but I don't think the kid ripped it out yet. I feel like that might be later. Either way, I think the mom just stops by without the kid first. Yeah, that's right. She, cause she's like, ever since he saw you the other day, he's been, it's been fucked yeah, this and yeah. fuck this. That's right. So she comes back twice. I forgot. She showed up at the apartment a couple times. Sure. There. Which again implies that that yogurt shop is in the neighborhood. You know, the kid's chilling down at the yogurt shop with his dad. That's right. It's, where's my fucking cupcake was the line. <laughs> I was like, there's some fun. I was like, where's my note about what this kid talks, said? Talks like my three-year-old. That's exactly my three-year-old says that shit. Yeah. It's like my notes have something about what this kid said and it was funny. You definitely <laughs> have to be uh, careful around children. You know this. You're you're a dad and uh, I mean, I don't censor myself. You yeah. know what I mean? And I purposely don't censor myself just because they're going to run into it nowadays. Uh, but boy, does my daughter who is three and a half parrot that back. Like she'll, she'll like throw something and be like, shit. Yeah. There and is like, an age for sure. Where it's they're so hard not to laugh at more that. likely to parrot than not. <laughs> you are correct. Um, so they go back. We're now back at the Costanza household. Lloyd is there again. God damn it. Lloyd gets Elaine's info from Estelle. Like George doesn't want to give it to her. Lloyd, like, uh, 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 Elaine thinks that he's dreamy. She said he's so cute. Barf. Uh, and Estelle more than happy to be like, her name's Elaine Bennis. She works at Pendant Publishing. Pendant Publishing. Just like, what do you do? Like, call her at work? Like, that's where I'm like, okay, you know her I name and her workplace. Is that what people did in the 90s? Probably back in the day when you could, like, yeah, inquire as to the the, the business directory of uh, an Ugh. establishment like that. Weird. I got your information from Estelle Costanza. <laughs> Would you like to go out sometime? Man, that's a hotline. Oh, yeah, that's some hot talk if Whew. I've ever heard it. Yikes. So then we're back at the yogurt shop. We get probably my favorite scene. It just cuts to Newman with a bunch of mailmen, <laughs> and he's—it's like he's holding court, he's having, having time of his life, time. man. Oh, um, and he's like telling old war stories. He's like, "Nice try, Granny," and I sent her to the back of the line, and everyone erupts <laughs> in laughter. So they were midway through a story. He's holding the, court over Froyo. <laughs> the small amount of of authority that Newman has, and he will he will lord it over anybody. He can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he told it to Granny to go to the back of the line <laughs> at the mail office or something. No, my favorite though is, and he's like, another, another round of strawberry for me and my friends. Right. Another round of strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> he says Newman says he's been waiting for non-fat yogurt his entire life. He's like, I've been waiting for something like this. Um, but <laughs> Jerry and Elaine come by. They're going to grab some frozen yogurt, take it to the lab. And this is where we meet the owner, the husband of this dude, or sorry, the woman who's been coming by and the kid that Jerry swore in front of. Sure. And he's like, hey, man, 
cut down on the profanity around my kid. Which are also like, but he lives in New York City. What do you expect? Your kid is going to hear, I'm sorry that I happened to say something in a frozen yogurt shop. This is New York City, man. It's like, not like he did it right in front of the kid. They were passing by yeah, right it, as he said the he word. He didn't curse at the no. kid. He didn't know the child was there. You're like, hey, I'd be like, yeah, sure, man. I'll talk to your kid. But buddy, like, also, you can teach your damn kid not to repeat words from a person. Like, exactly. Just teach your kid that, hey, you're going to hear these words, but these are no-no words. We can't say these words in public. You know, like... These are no-no words. It's <laughs> definitely not the way I talk to my seven-year-old and ten-year-old. Well, it's more like Frasier does. I'm at sure. a different stage right exactly. now. Like, that kid, I'd be like, no, you don't use cuss words. You'll get in freaking trouble at school. <laughs> Want to be a dumbass and get in trouble all the time? Take your head out of your ass yeah, you got the you got the red red foreman, red foreman approach <laughs> the way to do it you know just pull your head out of your rear end kiddo oh uh, so then we get to jerry's car i always love when jerry's driving it's a fun way they do the driving because jerry just looks so terrified in this scene too because he's like driving under pressure there's a clock the froyo is melting um Again, Kramer calls him a fatso, and Jerry does get upset. He's like, you call me fatso again. You're taking a cab home or something. I forget what he said. You're walking home. Kramer's really pushing that envelope. I, I, Jerry clearly he got away with not, it two times. Yeah, I was so. like, Jerry's clearly not okay with this. So it's like, hey, man, uh, maybe don't call him a fatso. Uh, so they get to the lab. They're wondering if it matters if the frozen yogurt has melted. Yeah. He's like, no. Kramer said it was going to change the molecular structure. No, it doesn't change the molecular structure. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> like, why would fat get added when it melted? <laughs> like, I, I don't know much about chemistry, but that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me, even <laughs> as a dumb person. I don't know. Uh, so the tech says, no, it doesn't matter. Kramer immediately starts hitting on uh, hitting on a lab tech over there. Kramer's got some mad game. What's it called in the religious episode? Kavorka. The Kavorka? That's right. What what religion is that? Uh East Latvian Orthodox, I believe. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is Latvian Orthodox. I didn't Which know is not that. a real religion. Okay, I didn't know. I've <laughs> no, never looked made up. <laughs> has to convert. Um but Kramer hits it off with this lab tech and we find out cuz we see from a line reveal here and then we see later that this lab is working on Giuliani's blood. Yep. Mayor Giuliani sent his blood here for a cholesterol test. So it's going to be a few days before they get to the non-fat yogurt. Results will take a little bit. Um, they do do that in politics though. They make sure yeah. that you're a healthy guy. Yeah. Or Why would you not? Yeah. I mean, it. it's certainly something to consider. You don't want to elect somebody who's on the verge of death because then you're like, we don't we don't want to undo this process three weeks from now because then you're just really voting for the vice person sure. or the runner-up or you're calling for another election in like three weeks. That's a real. That's a real deal. That's a big storyline in the West Wing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's got. He's got uh, MS. Is that on the air at this point? We'll the get West to, Wing. We'll I'm, get to a West Wing at some point. I'm I fine love doing the it. West Wing. Yeah. All right. I'm a big Rob Lowe fan. And uh, who's the president? Uh, Martin. Martin Sheen. Sheen. There we go. All right. Was there ever another president, or was it always him? No, it's just Martin. Just Sheen. Martin Sheen, just yeah. Marty. All right, um, more of a Charlie Sheen guy myself. 
<laughs> not really. It's probably terrible to hang out with. And there goes all of our listeners. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> our diehard Charlie Sheen fans. Um, we get to Jerry's car. Jerry's upset that Kramer is dating the chemist. He's like, you can't go out on a date with the chemist from the lab. Why? Because it's going to taint the results? Is that what he thinks? He could do so. He could manipulate the results, basically. He could... So that he doesn't have to do the week-long's diet? Correct. I think that would be the motivation here, or not to sour his investment would be the financial oh, well, motivation. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Kramer's got money on the line here. So where it came from, nobody knows. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a big jar of pennies or something, I'm sure. <laughs> so then we get back to Jerry's apartment. We see George griping about Lloyd. Um, Jerry is, you know, meticulously counting Cheerios because he's worried about his weight yeah, at this point. Weighing the Cheerios. And uh, George makes a mention that he can keep up the arm thing forever. His whole life is a lie. It's no big deal. To throw that in. <laughs> yes, no big deal. Because um, he has to go to the doctor, basically. Um, Elaine shows up. George Arm comes up where he's like, hey, I heard you're going on a date with Lloyd Braun. You got to tell him that my arm's messed up. Like, just don't blow my cover. He knows he's going to ask. How could he not? I, for all we know, that might be the main reason Lloyd Braun is into Elaine. It's true. He's just doing a fact-finding mission. He's like, I'm going to dig in. Just recon to try and screw George over. And so here's where the kid shows up. Kid shows up. Jerry. Jerry. The kid curses at Jerry, like, almost immediately. Where he's like, does he call him a funny fuck? Calls him a funny fuck. There we go. I was like, I didn't jot that one down. But, like. This kid is out of control cursing, <laughs> yes. right? He, he really does have a problem at this point where I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. This he is looks what, like a bit of a problem child. Though. He does. You're like, all right, we're going to have an issue. He looks like hands. that kid, at, you know, that you see playing with your kid on the playground. You're like, wait, 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 who's this guy? That's my kid. Who's that? <laughs> That's your kid. That's my younger son. You don't, have, love, you don't ever have to worry about it. Then. <laughs> I love him to pieces. He's, he's the cursing one probably. And oh, he's kind of my favorite now. I love him so much. He's, yeah, he's just a he's little just version so of you. Exactly. He's just so bad. It's hard not to sympathize with him. My other one's just so good. And he makes all A's. And I'm like, just a little incredible. bit of context. Steve apparently got kicked out of Catholic school for th- throwing a blender at a nun. It was, it was a lot of things. That was one on a long list of things. The I'm sure that clinched it. Yep. The blender, <laughs> the blender, no blender thing, was probably not fine with the <laughs> Lord. Um, <laughs> the Catholic Lord did not appreciate me doing that. The Pope heard about that one. He did personally. They they wrote him a letter. They FaceTimed him back in 1996. Get him, get him out of there. That's right. That Joan Osborne song was real. Um, <laughs> Elaine says she's not going to cover. She doesn't want to start this new relationship. What if they get married? She's not going to start it on a lie. I don't blame she- her. I completely blame her. She goes out with a different dude each week. It's fine. She can lie one time for Costanza. I mean, I guess it's like, I don't want to take on your fucking burden. And now I'm lying for you. Come on, dude. He doesn't have to know that it's a lie. She can just say, yeah, George told me to tell you this for all I know. (laughs) You know, she doesn't have to. Elaine is also a notoriously bad liar. Yeah, it's like she doesn't have to be convincing. Just go along with it. And if it blows up, he's like, I'm sorry, George. That's your freaking lie. Not my problem. (laughs) Um, So Jerry tells this kid, though, the cursing's not allowed. It's not what real comedians do. Right. You'll never be a real comedian. Um, and says that he'll never do it again. Jerry himself. He says, I'm not going to do it. Then the phone rings. Kid immediately goes and starts tearing up a tape for some mm-hmm. reason. And he seems like he's 10 or 11. What the hell is this kid doing? I don't know. Like I said, problem child. What a little shit. There's a commercial 
uh, for Pedialyte. And it's got this little fucking kid on it that uh, that I immediately associate with just a just a little shit kid. Like you know, you see those kids, just little shit kids. And this kid uh, in the episode reminds me of that kid. I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but it's all good. Mm. So then we get to the lab. Uh, Kramer and the chemist start hooking up, and basically Giuliani's blood gets mixed with another blood sample. So the results aren't in. Kramer hooks up with the chemist. Giuliani's blood is tainted in this scene. <laughs> then we get back to the yogurt shop and Elaine and Lloyd are on a first date at the yogurt shop. An odd spot, I found. Um, but whatever. Um, this is where Elaine tells him, I think everyone in New York should wear name tags. And Lloyd says, I'll mention it to Dinkins. Mm. I think everybody wearing a name tag is a little bit too close to a totalitarianistic society for me. It does seem pretty odd. So we get back to Jerry's apartment. One thing that happens at the end of this exchange is that Lloyd puts his arm around Elaine while they're leaving the restaurant and kind of glances back at her rear end. Yeah. So can more like kind of like halfway fat shaming for like Elaine is nowhere near overweight. Even if she had put on a few pounds... Uh, both Kramer gave her a weird look, and so did Lloyd, as if she's not up to their standards now, you know for that some reason. In real life, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was pregnant in this During season. these episodes? Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, I did know that she was pregnant yeah. during a certain run of the series, so it makes sense. People do that on sitcoms yeah. in the 90s, but it was a weird thing. They did, it on, like, Fra- okay. they did it on Frasier. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Jerry's apartment, Elaine's there. She's not happy that Lloyd hasn't called her. Says she might have broken a chair back at his apartment, <laughs> which does seem odd, but that's probably the fault of the chair, I would imagine, not the fault of Elaine. Um, <laughs> and then Kramer comes in laughing, saying that uh, Dinkins is proposing that name tag plan and says it might cost him the election, basically. It's a terrible idea. It is terrible. But the lab calls, there's fat in the yogurt is essentially what we get out of this scene. Then probably my favorite scene, doctor's office. George describing his symptoms, the doctor is pretty pissed off. <laughs> and he says, well, I've looked at you. I think you're just faking. You're, it. you're obviously faking this ailment. Yeah. And you're an immature kind of human who's wasted people's time. And no up indication as to why your muscle would be spasming randomly. None whatsoever. What I can tell. Yeah. No. But the big thing is that George does bang his elbow on the desk desk. when he's leaving or something like that (laughs) so just beautiful larry david irony where it's like after you've gotten the best doctor in new york to check out your arm for this condition (laughs) that unfortunately you inflict that exact condition onto yourself (laughs) in error as you're leaving that doctor's office so (laughs) it's just a perfect larry david joke where it's like what if at the end of this scene he actually does fuck up his elbow or his arm. So it, I just, I love that. It's definitely my favorite scene. Where I'm like, God, what a great exchange between Costanza and this doctor. I think there is a short scene where he, where he is moving it. Is it, is it at his parents' house or was that at, at Jerry's apartment where we go next? No, you're right. That is at the Costanza's place. Uh, I don't think I burst and that one out as its own scene, but it's very quick. And so yeah, he's scared. actually doing it. Yeah, Because <laughs> there is your arm still doing that thing? He's like, I don't know why. And like you could tell he's just frightened that he fucked his arm up for real. Yes, he was very, very scared. Uh, so we go to Jerry's apartment. There's the news report for Giuliani's cholesterol count that it's like double what it's supposed to be. 
Dinkins had fired Lloyd Braun at this point, blames him for the name tag fiasco. <laughs> so Giuliani doubles down on the non-fat stuff. He's like, well, the only thing I've been doing differently is this non-fat yogurt. Jerry calls Julie, or sorry, he doesn't double down yet. He talks about eating non-fat yogurt. Then Jerry calls his headquarters. He's like, I'm going to call Giuliani's headquarters, get them to the bottom of this thing here. Then this is when George's arm at the Costanza place legitimately starts moving and he's scared half to death. <laughs> uh, and then we get to the Giuliani news report. That's where we see it is over at the Costanza's place where he talks about getting rid of non-fat yogurt. It's like the Times Square press report. Yeah, like either the cleansing day. the or city. Or organized mob and stuff, yeah. Cleansing the city of non-fat yogurt. Oh, uh, yeah. So then that happens. The city is now clean of non-fat yogurt basically <laughs> all the recipes have been updated it's only fat yogurt <laughs> in places and of course now that there's fat yogurt people will go eat that and if you're trying to run a non-fat yogurt shop it tastes like crap yeah and that's what's happened to our yogurt shop now is <laughs> they're still running the non-fat game and there's it tastes n- like crap and there's nobody in there and nobody's there anymore man nobody's so, in newman's real pissed off about it yeah so newman is inconsolable over in the sitting corner. alone yeah none of the mailman want to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's lost his crew <laughs> nobody wants to hang with him anymore but i don't i don't know why all three of them go there just to support kramer i guess <laughs> they're like i think so i feel bad um and then they read the paper about Giuliani's cholesterol being tampered with and how the yogurt issue, him getting involved in the non-fat yogurt issue, is probably what swung the election in his favor. <laughs> and then Matthew calls Jerry a fat fuck and says he ruined his dad's business. <laughs> so the kid comes in with a real stinger at the end, lets Jerry know he's a real asshole. Yeah, and Matthew's dad is just like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like, he like, doesn't care that he's cussing now. <laughs> that's fucking right no he does not (laughs) well that wraps us up uh i had a lot of fun i hope jordan did too he's been groaning in pain every time he's uh off mic over there seems like he really wants to leave so i'm gonna try to let him Um, i appreciate you guys tuning in if you do want to follow us give us a rating on stuff i'm sure that helps i don't know um but just listen listen to the next episode Uh, We'll try to mix it up with new shows that were going on each week in 1993, and we'll see what comes next. Are you ready for some Frasier and another TV show? Sideshow Frasier, Sideshow, Sideshow Frasier. Sideshow Frasier, Sideshow Frasier. Frasier.